Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character and they show it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The bills make me wanna. Here we are on a Tuesday, a little bit different. We're going to have a show tonight. We're going to come back with our preview show on Thursday. And then we'll obviously be live after the Bills and the Patriots play on Saturday night. So, you know, make sure you, you, you sleep in on Saturday because we're going to have a long night. Welcome into the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Whether you're celebrating at home or away for the game this weekend, Tops has all your fan favorites ready to enjoy for football, entertaining, or any occasion. What is up, everybody? And what is up, Ryan Talbot? Hey, not too much here. You know, playoff football, some of the best football coming up of the year. I love playoff wildcard weekend at that. It seems like there's just nonstop games all weekend. So really looking forward to some of these games and obviously the Bills and the Patriots most of all. So, Ryan, I got um, Apple TV. Uh, I get a three month free uh, subscription to it. So uh, yes. we, we, we got after it. I'm really looking forward to Ted Lasso, but we did not start that. First and foremost, we started uh, the morning show, which is, I don't know if you watched it. It's excellent. It's really good. Really sad. That on the heels of Dexter. I'm not going to give any spoilers away. Obviously, the new season of Dexter, the uh, the season finale just happened, and uh, it was it was quite the quite quite the two shows back to back to watch with what's going on in both. So I need a little bit of a pick me up. Is is Ted Lasso like a pick me up or no? oh, or is it going to have some emotional uh, things going on as well? No, no, Ted Lasso, it, w- there's some emotional things in it, but it's a pick-me-up. That That is the show you need to watch, Matt. You will love it. You'll burn through those first two seasons like no one's business. Um, definitely my favorite show on, on TV or a- Apple TV right now. Uh, I've heard good things about the morning show, but I haven't actually watched a great cast, though, for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised you haven't gotten out of that with Steve Carell, but uh, uh, that's why I brought it up. We're going to get into some bills, too. Don't worry. This is not just going to be a, a TV show update. I almost wanted to tell you that before we went on and we didn't get to it. And so that's why I'm bringing it up now. And sometimes it's good to just have a little off the cuff conversation. All right. Bills versus Patriots. The rubber match. We got a chance to uh, talk to Sean McDermott, uh, Josh Allen, Jordan Poyer, Mitch Morse. Um, and Stefan Diggs today. It was a full gauntlet uh, of uh, interviews, a lot of good stuff to come out of there. We'll go over some of it tonight. But I wanted to start off with the topic, you know, that I think everybody's been talking about the last couple of days. Weather has been something that, you know, the Bills, you know, have experienced pretty much every home game this season outside of maybe the Washington game, which was kind of nice. I mean, it's been, you know, some type of element they've been dealing with. And, you know, it was the wind game a couple about a month ago against the the Patriots. Uh, there was some snow and cold against the Atlanta Falcons. Well, a couple of weeks ago, 
This one is going to be potentially by the time this thing is over, Ryan, sub freezing, sub zero temperatures. It is going to be cold. Well, let's start off with what do you think the biggest challenge for the Bills is in a game like this? Because it's going to be freezing. <laughs> Well, I think the biggest thing is ball security. I think it, when it gets cold, the ball gets a little slipperier. Uh, I think it's going to be harder to hold on to. I think, you know, if you see some opposing players go for the peanut punch, you could see some uh, balls on the ground. And that goes for both teams. So this is not just Bills centric by any stretch of the imagination. I think ball security is going to be the number one issue here. Uh, but I actually think the weather based on this initial forecast, Matt, really benefits the Bills because Mac Jones has never come close to playing in a game at that's going to be close to zero degrees. Josh Allen's played in some pretty cold games. As long as there's not 50, 55, 60 mile an hour wind gusts, I think this first initial forecast does benefit Buffalo. And, you know, speaking of guys that are comfortable in this weather, you know, Josh Allen, obviously at Wyoming, he's been in Buffalo a few years now. Stephon Diggs is used to it from his time in Minnesota. He, he said today that, you know, a, a, buff, a cold day in Buffalo has nothing on how cold it gets hmm. in Minnesota when sometimes, you know, uh, 10 degrees, 20 degrees below zero. You see that a couple of times every winter in Minnesota. For, so for Stephon Diggs, this is kind of old hat. He said he'll be fine. Uh, playing in the cold weather. It's cold. It stinks. Like I, it's funny. I remember when um, training camp was, was opening up or was closing out. We were getting into the season. We got about three, four weeks in the season. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders had had a couple, two touchdown games. And then the calendar started to turn and the weather started to turn. And I remember both of those guys getting the hoodies on real early uh, in the process. And for Sanders, who's obviously you know, played in New Orleans, I know, I know Denver's cold but I, I feel like Denver's a little bit more of a manageable cold it's definitely going to be something that I think opens up um some eyes on uh, uh Saturday I keep saying Sunday um it's just going to be really cold in addition to your point one of the things that I asked Sean McDermott about today was not only ball security because Josh Allen has fumbled seven to- nine times total this season seven of those have come at home now he's only lost two of them but seven fumbles I mean that's something that you know it's definitely going to be something that comes into play. But I asked Sean McDermott, all right, ball security is important. Obviously we, we kind of bang that drum all the time. What about like, you know, securing catches because that was a big issue a couple of weeks ago against Atlanta. And he said, yeah, you're, you're, it's very important. You know, you know, when the, when the weather is this cold, it's really hard on the pass catchers. And to Josh Allen's point, he talked about it a little bit as well on both sides of things. It's going to be tough on Mac Jones and his guys. It's going to be tough on Josh Allen and his guys. It comes down to just just making the play. And I think maybe the fact that they did have that cold game, although it was about 25 degrees a couple of weeks ago against Atlanta, it's a little big difference than zero. That's going to be something because I feel like over the course of the last couple of weeks or losses, I should say, there's been some drop issues. I mean, Dawson Knox had it a little bit. I think it was in the first Patriots game when it was real windy, had some drop issues. Gabriel Davis looked a little bit banged up on Sunday. He had a couple drops, three according to Pro Football Focus. That's something that, to me, nothing impacts this offense more than, like, you know, penalties, which I feel like they've figured out a little bit. But, you know, those mistakes that stunt drives, they need to kind of keep the, the foot on the gas pedal and the pressure on this Patriots defense, which in turn keeps it on Mac Jones in that offense. Yeah, I I agree completely with that, Matt. You you raise a lot of great points there. The way Josh Allen throws the ball, too, I guess there's a little bit of concern there, which you you had a good piece on. We'll shift gears to that here pretty soon. That could lead to some balls kind of flying up in the air, and that's the last thing you want against an opportunistic defense like New England. 
Um, but ball security, that winning in the trenches, there's a lot of keys for the Bills to win this game. But with the weather itself, I'm going to stick with the ball security. Um, and, and if they can protect the ball, I think that the Bills have every reason to believe and their fans have every reason to believe that they're going to come out of this game victorious. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, what Josh and Diggs said today. And, you know, Diggs, you know, he brought up and like I, I tweeted out that he joked about it because he had kind of like a playful uh, vibe to the way that he was talking about. But he said, listen, I dropped that touchdown. Uh, he was one on one with A.J. Terrell, Falcons cornerback. He beat him really badly, was wide open. Josh Allen put it on him and it, and it glanced off his fingertips because it got on him so quickly that he didn't have a lot of time to react. And you know, with the speed of the ball, you know, the temperature, uh, obviously, and the conditions, I think it was snowing a little bit at the time, you know, he dropped it. And those are the kind of plays you can't miss scoring opportunities against this team. And so I asked Josh, do you change anything? Do you take a little bit off something? Do you work on it during the week and maybe take something off of it? And he said, no, uh, because at this point, if you start monkeying around with, and this isn't a direct quote, I'm paraphrasing. If you start like messing around with your uh, mechanics at all, you know, that's kind of a recipe for disaster, especially when you're talking about going up a, against a Bill Belichick defense where there's already so many things going on in your head in terms of adjusting to the looks that he's showing you, the adjustments that he's making in game with his personnel and uh, how he's kind of playing and setting up his defense. That if you add that kind of into the mix where you're kind of thinking about, well, I got to throw it a little bit differently here. or I got to do it. And there's so much like split second reaction time that Josh Allen said, I- I'm not going to really change much. It's on myself and it's on the players, uh, you know, the receivers and the tight ends to make the, and the and running backs. I think that's a big piece of it too, to make the plays when they're there to be made. Yeah, and he makes a good point. You mess with the mechanics, then all of a sudden you put too much air in a ball, it hangs up there if, if it catches the wind. Uh, or you underthrow a ball to someone that's deep down the field. I know that maybe those deep balls for touchdowns haven't necessarily been there this year, but you, you don't want to change that right now. Stick with what's been working for you over the course of the season. Uh, I know Diggs pointed out the the one throw in the end zone against the Falcons, saying that that could have been a touchdown there. There's a few plays in this past game uh, in the season finale against the Jets that hit some receivers' hands in the end zone or down the field, and they couldn't manage them. Gabriel Davis, who usually makes those great sideline catches, he bobbled one over there. You mentioned one of his three drops. So you can't change it. The wide receivers just have to adapt to it. Uh, it, it's how Allen throws. He's always had that cannon. And, and for the most part, the receivers have done a good job hauling in his passes this year. Every week, the Bills are alive. We're going to have three shows for you. The staple show, the preview show, and the post-game edition. I'm working on some, hopefully, some guests over the next couple of weeks. We got Jeremy White coming on from WGR Sports Radio 55 on Thursday. He's going to kind of put this game into perspective. Help, help us break it down, preview the game as well. Uh, he's been covering the Bills since 2001. Uh, so 20 years uh, of experience, you know, taking us through what, you know, kind of put some perspective on this game, what it means uh, to fans, so on and so forth. Uh, Ryan, let's get into the uh, injury report a little bit on both sides and, you know, how things are kind of shaking out. Some, some huge news today. Emmanuel Sanders back at practice. It was only a walkthrough, but he was full. Defensive end, Effie Obata, he was full. Uh, so two guys that are at least early on in the week looking good in terms of projecting them towards, you know, playing on Saturday. There's nobody else listed on the Buffalo Bills injury report. Yeah. Uh, between the two teams, the Bills are by far the healthier team. Now, mind you, if I when you look at the Patriots list, which we'll get to in a minute, I think just about everyone on that list ends up playing. Uh, but Buffalo's injury list right now and the designations, it's so short, which is so rare this time of year. 
Uh, so it's encouraging because, listen, I, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, Gabriel Davis, we've gone back and forth on that conversation many times. Having both of them just in general out there on the field is going to be great. I mentioned in a piece earlier this week, you know, Stefan Diggs, too. You, you have to remember where this team was one year ago. Stefan Diggs entered the playoffs with the torn oblique that he suffered late in the regular season. He's relatively healthy this year. Nothing like that. Gabriel Davis suffered a really serious ankle injury in the playoffs. He's pretty healthy. He did look a little banged up, though, in that last week. Cole Beasley playing on a broken leg. You name it. Going into the playoffs this healthy is everything you could hope and wish for for a team that's trying to make a run to the Super Bowl. Now, mind you, I just said it. The Patriots, a long list of limited players for their walkthrough. But just about everyone most, you know, at least right now, in my opinion, on track to play, including Christian Barmore, who was carted off just days ago. So uh, it's, it seems like that they uh, really dodged a serious bullet with what they thought the injury was as opposed to what it really was. I agree with you. I think that this is probably a really good shot. Everybody on this list plays. Uh, but I do think that they're a little bit more beat up and you know there's a couple guys in particular you mentioned Barmore Isaiah Wynn the left tackle dealing with a hip and ankle injury he left the game against Miami you know this is the kind of weekend game where going into uh, a zero degree weather game Mm -hmm. those kinds of injuries are going to impact players it impacts fully 100% healthy guys you know every hit hurts a little bit more one shot to the knee for either of those guys. And you start to wonder, uh, you know, for Isaiah Wynn, who's going to be going up against probably a steady dose or a steady uh, rotational uh, amount of, of guys that are going to kind of sub in there and, you know, uh, different types of fresh bodies. I mean, the Bills have been playing crazy low numbers in terms of cycling through their defensive ends uh, so far this season. So much so that Jerry Hughes, the last couple of weeks, hasn't even been the the highest snap count uh, for, for the Bills on the defensive line. Barmore, I think, is – listen, I think he might he might practice at some point this week. He'll probably be limited throughout. He was carted off the other game. To me, this may also be a little bit of mental warfare from, from Bill Belichick. He probably wants the Bills to have to, you know, prepare for Barmore all week. And, and they will. And I, honestly – as good as Barmore is, I don't think it's something where it's not. We're, we're not talking Aaron Donald. I think the 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 game plan is probably going to be pretty similar either way, whether he plays or not. Duggar missed uh, the other game. Uh, Donta Hightower dealing that missed Miami. He's dealing with a knee injury. Don't forget, Ryan Donta Donta Hightower did not play last year. He opted out. Uh, Star Latule also opted out, but he's kind of been getting his wheels kind of ramped back up with an injury late in the season. After this long regular season, I got, I got serious questions about some of the guys that are on this injury report for the Patriots early in the week. We'll see how it kind of transpires over the course. Yeah, it's going to, you're right. It's going to be interesting to see. I know the Patriots just added a cornerback to the COVID reserve list. Uh, obviously could come back in time to play this game on Saturday, but that's something to kind of watch as well. Uh, is there a trickle down effect? Does another player to go on that list? You know, now that it's the playoff time, it's it's obviously the worst time that this could possibly happen for any of these teams. So something else to monitor going into this game. Jalen Mills uh, mm-hmm. plays opposite J.C. Jackson. He is on the COVID list. Unknown whether or not he's vaccinated. If he's unvaccinated, that's a mandatory five days. He'll miss the game if he's vaxxed. He's got a chance to come at come back. But well, as we've seen with all of these things, it really doesn't matter at this point. You know, there, there, there's a, there's just as good a chance if you're vaccinated. I feel like to miss those five days, uh, depending on how quickly you're able to bounce back. My, 
long story short, there's no guarantee to it kind of either way. So we'll have to kind of wait, play the, uh, the wait and see game. I think it's, uh, Joe Juwan Williams is, uh, uh, the backup. Uh, he's played a little bit over the, uh, against the bills over the last couple of seasons, but you know, this is a Patriots defense, Ryan, that, you know, without Duggar, without high tower, Barmore getting injured last week, the Miami dolphins brutalized them on the ground. I mean, we're talking 194 yards, a season high for the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tagovailoa had to throw for 109 yards. Didn't even matter. Yeah, they didn't need him to do anything more than that. And it's you start to think about how the Bills are going to attack this defense. I think, you know, they got to have success on the ground. Yeah, and and that starts with unleashing Josh Allen. He is your best runner. He he is dynamic when he runs. He can break off big plays. We saw that against the Jets when the offense was really struggling. In the second and third quarter, he gets out of the pocket. He does a pump fake where two Jets defenders bite on that uh, uh, pretend throw to Diggs, and he just takes off and scurries down the field. He can do that with or without the pump fake, eluding defenders, stiff-arming guys, you name it. Get him going. It's one thing that they really didn't do a good job of in the first matchup against the Patriots, that that windy game. And it really doesn't make much sense that they didn't get him going in that one unless – uh, they felt that he was dealing with something that uh, prevented him from running more often. But when when you saw him rolling around, moving around in that second matchup, whether he was running with the ball or just uh, eluding defenders and creating plays with his arm, whether it's little flips, pitches, throws, whatever, he showed what he could do. And then you have Devin Singletary, six touchdowns in the last four games, passing uh, as a as a receiver and a rusher. That is, so he's been really good. If uh, they're struggling to stop the run, the Bills do have to mix it up a little bit. You don't, you know, I, I know the passing game is their bread and butter, but don't go away from Singletary either, who's playing some of his best ball of his career right now. Yeah, I think uh, Singletary ends up getting, you know, 15 to 20 carries in this game. If not, if he ends up landing at around 12 to 14, I could see this being a little bit more of a Zach Moss kind of game to want to get him kind of involved, let him kind of run the ball downhill, get a little bit physical. It's going to be cold. Maybe you sit him down before the game and you kind of energize him a little bit and say, listen, it's time to make some of these guys make some business decisions. I mean, we've been talking about it since we drafted you. Come out here in this game, set the tone physically. When you get in there, run hard, run physical, bowl people over. And I and I see some people in the chat talking, no, no Zach Moss. Listen, it's been very limited over the last couple of, of, of weeks. And I'm not talking about, you know, a heavy dose of Zach Moss. I'm talking about six to eight carries where you let him come in and kind of set a physical tone. I think Devin Singletary can do it too. But in a game like this, depending on how many you know times you run the ball with your backs, I wouldn't be surprised if they give a little run to, to Moss in this game. And I don't mind Moss getting a handful of carries, one or two receptions. He's shown that he can handle that type of workload. But it is a little, you know, it's funny to me that Moss, he is built to be the more physical back. But I feel like over this last four-game stretch, Singletary has been their most physical running back by far. Mm-hmm. In the, Deep in the red zone, he's the guy that's been punching the ball into the end zone. He's the guy that's been uh, stiff-arming defenders, getting by guys, taking on uh, defenders and carrying them yards down the field, keeping those legs moving for extra yards. So he might not have that frame of Zach Moss, but he has been a very physical back himself. But yeah, the, the one-two punch alone, you, you like the potential of it as long as, again, we go back to what we talked about, protecting that football uh, and doing, you know, just doing your 111th to move the chains. Funny thing, uh, Catherine uh, Fitzgerald from WGR, she from Buffalo News, she put out today, 
this is the five year anniversary of Sean McDermott getting hired. He was hired on 111, uh, which was actually so fitting uh, that uh, the 111th. Uh, I thought that was a really funny. Tweet. I do too. I, when I uh, saw that, I laughed. Uh, we got to get her on the show at some point. I'm also working to get Elena on the show, uh, Getzenberg. We haven't had either of them on yet. Uh, but as the playoff run pushes, uh, hopefully we can get uh, get those guys uh, on. Uh, they both do really great work. So stay here for a moment because I want to kind of qualify this a little bit. I- I'm not sitting here saying that they should pivot to Zach Moss. Okay, I'm seeing some some fe- some uh, some fear in the in the co- in the comment section about going to Zach Moss. Uh, it's just about you know, letting that kind of run style exist in this game uh, on a very small level. And I think it's something where, you know, I know that Zach Moss isn't in the best graces of the fan base at this point. He struggled a lot this year. Expectations were high going into the year. I remember at one point, a lot of fans talking about him be, should be the uh, the guy over Singletary. And, you know, Singletary was going to be, this is going to be his last year and the Bills are going to trade him. And, you know, I've seen some wild stuff on the internet over the last couple of months about the Bills running backs. But it, in no way am I say, suggesting that Devin Singletary shouldn't have the uh, premier role in that backfield. I think Devin Singletary could be a massive weapon in the passing game in this game. Get the ball in his hands. Let him uh, – and I think that's a good way. It doesn't even have to always be a draw play. It could just be the checkdowns where you know you get the ball in his hands, let him kind of get out in space, use some of the physicality that he does – he had one run. I was looking at some of the bets. Uh, we were talking about uh, sports gambling in um, in New York, now legal. Everybody's downloading apps, and you know people were talking about it in the press box. And I told Tim Graham before the game uh, from the Athletic, I said, you know, I, you know, one thing that I really like. I should have tweeted it out for people. Is I love uh, Devin Singletary over thirteen and a half receiving yards in this game. And lo and behold, Ryan Talbot, the first grab of the game goes for 16, 17 yards. He hits it on the very first one. He can be a really dynamic weapon in the passing game in this game, especially you know if, if the Patriots want to dial up some 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 blitzes, try to get after Josh Allen a little bit more in this game. Uh, it could be kind of a situation where you kind of get him going in that short to intermediate area and let him do some damage. Yeah, shout out to my brother Eric. He is a very savvy better. He did a parlay with uh, Singletary, Josh Allen, and, and Diggs, and they all came in and hit for him. Wow. So yeah, with. Uh, Betting now legal in New York State, I think a lot of Bills fans are going to be checking those, uh, you know, the different odds and the over-unders, everything in terms of all these games coming up, NFL, NBA, you name it. Uh, it, It's a good time to be a New York State resident, finally, when it comes to that online gambling and betting. A lot of excitement around sports betting uh, in New York and and, in Buffalo right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. Looking in these... uh, the comments right now, a lot of people asking if maybe the Bills game plan these last few weeks have been a misdirection for what they're actually going to do in the playoffs. Uh, no, uh, I don't think so. I, the Bills are still playing to win the AFC East last week. They were still playing to get the number three seed. I don't think they're going to go in there with uh, an extremely vanilla uh, game plan or things that they're that aren't their strengths or things that they thought they could pull off. Now, now mind you, I'm not sitting here saying that the Bills – haven't kept some things, you know, under wraps for the playoffs. I'm sure that they have, but this team with their ups and their downs this year, I don't think they can go into that game against the Jets and just be like, oh, let's just go with the most basic of things. The way the defense played, I guess they could have, uh, but it's the NFL. You have to be prepared any given Sunday or in this upcoming case, Saturday to, you know, take the best punch of an opposing team. But I do like that question. What do you think, Matt? 
I like it, and I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if how much the Bills like listen they've they've wanted a balanced attack a be it to be a two dimensional offense. I mean, Sean McDermott's been talking about that all season, so I think that this was always going to be there's always going to be an effort to establish some type of of running game, find some success in that area. So I don't think that necessarily it was a um, you know uh, putting something out there to get teams to to scheme against it necessarily, but. Do I think that Brian Dable can kind of go into his bag and come out with something crazy like 15 straight passes or something, you know, go back to the old school, uh, you know, bills when you know, Stefan Diggs first got to town and they were like, you know, just running it up. I mean, uh, Emmanuel Sanders potentially returning to the mix. He was talking about it back in training camp, how it took him a little bit of time just to get used to the kind of speed that this offense can play with and how, how much they, uh, lean on the passing game. But I will say that Mitch Moore said a couple things make me think that th- that's probably not in play, especially for this particular game with the weather, the way it's going to be. Mitch Moore said one of the things that, you know, helps an offensive line and this offensive line group with uh, Rick Bates uh, has been playing so well is, you know, running the ball and letting the uh, offensive line kind of get into a rhythm, uh, so on and so forth. And I think just the, the combination of that wanting to kind of continue to reward this offensive line that has been doing a pretty good job in, in, in run in run uh, blocking, rewarding them a little bit and also playing for, you know, the elements. I, this might be a game where I know there's not going to be a lot of win, but if you're dealing with, uh, you know, troubles, you know, securing catches in the passing game, I think you really want to make sure that you can bang the ball a little bit on the ground, which I think that the Bills have been able to do. I know the Jets and the Falcons aren't, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not ba- banking on that in a game uh, against a good run defense, but little tidbit here, Ryan, the Patriots aren't really that good against the run. Yeah, you're, you're hundred percent correct. And I like what the bills have been doing uh, with their run packages, with their offensive line, they've been blocking really well. They've been uh, utilizing Doyle in those packages to uh, helping him, you know, bringing that extra lineman to kind of pave the way. And they, you're right. Singletary has been running the ball really well. Josh Allen has been running the ball really well. Buffalo's been uh, kind of dominating the time of possession in some of these games as of late. Josh Allen hasn't been sacked in the last three games. So it works both ways. If you run the ball well, then it gets a little bit harder to, uh, you know, pin your ears back, so to speak, to go after Josh Allen because of draw play, uh, uh, handoff when you're expecting to go after the quarterback and it goes the opposite direction. That can go for a big game. We saw Singletary rip off a uh, 40-yard run in in this last game against the Jets. So, it, little things like that help. And, and whether the Bills come out firing, like you said, go back to the old school Bills mentality or what, they've put up enough tape over the last four weeks to really make teams think, hey, listen, this team has been a lot more balanced. They can hurt you on the ground just as much as they can hurt you through the air. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. From hot-to-go pizza and appetizers, signature fried chicken, baby back ribs and subs, delicious salads and brownie trays, Tops has everything you need to feed the hungriest fan. Make sure you get over to Tops this week. Get yourself set up for the weekend. Highmark's going to be rocking on Saturday, Ryan. Um, I didn't really think about this too much going into the season because fans have been back in full all year long. But this is going to be the first time uh, that there has been a full house for a playoff game in Orchard Park this century. Listen, if the Bills didn't need a new stadium before Saturday, they're going to need one after Saturday because I feel like the foundational bedrock of that stadium is going to be absolutely shaken 
with uh, the noise that they're going to make. And, th- and there's an added element to this because they're going up against Mac Jones, the rookie quarterback, and they want to make it as chaotic and hectic and crazy for him as they can make it. And just remember how loud it was last year in those home games. And there was what, 6,000 fans in attendance. The stadium was shaking on that Taron Johnson pick six. The stadium was rocking when they, when they batted down the Hail Mary against the Colts. So now imagine that at full capacity. And you're right. It's going to be very special for those fans in, in attendance. But yeah, you know, shifting gears over to Mac Jones. Uh, he has gone from golden boy in Boston to do we have the right guy within a matter of about four weeks. So uh, I put up a story on the site right before we went live here where NBC Sports Boston put out a poll today. said that if Mac Jones struggles on Saturday against the Bills, should they put Brian Hoyer in for a few series, which just absolutely blows my mind, Matt. Uh, this is not a case of having some dynamic backup. Uh, or a proven backup. This is not Mitch Trubisky. It's not a guy like even Marcus Mariota, who's had some level of success. It's not the 49ers where maybe you want to go with the young guy in some uh, some looks like a Trey Lance. And not saying that they would in any of these cases. You're talking about Brian Hoyer, whose best days as a quarterback are so far gone that I don't see how that would, you know, how that would help the Patriots. But I think that in the media's head, one, Mac Jones has lost three of his last four starts. They absolutely came out flat, Matt, after their bye week. They have not looked good minus beating up on Jacksonville for one week. Uh, and two, I, I think they're starting to realize that if the defense isn't clicking, if the run game's not uh, on fire, Jones is limited in terms of what he can do. Brian Hoyer has started two games in the last four seasons. I feel like if that's the uh, quarterback that you're leaning on hmm. to come into Buffalo against this defense and and have some success offensively, I just don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, I think you ride with uh, Mac Jones, obviously. I think it was kind of a funny poll. But, you know, that second half for Mac Jones has created unrest in, in Boston and uh, New England. And with the way that this team was kind of, it seemed like they were kind of slowly returning to, you know, what, what fans there have expected and come to, to know for two decades. And then all of a sudden you, 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 you have a home game against the bills for the division, basically in December, and you just get absolutely outplayed in all three phases of the game. And Mac Jones looked terrible. He threw two interceptions. And I know there were all the jokes about, you know, Mac Jones only having to throw it three times, three weeks prior to that. But now the joke seems to be on the Patriots and Patriot fans as, you know, Mac Jones. I think that this is a really bad spot for him against this defense. Listen, this isn't something where, you know, in three weeks, you can gain enough experience to somehow be more ready for the test the next time around against this secondary. And the problem for the Patriots is the one guy that I think that they have that's an actual weapon, Hunter Henry. There's so few weapons around him that it's easier for the Bills to take him out of the game. Between him and John Smith the first time around, and, you know, I had to block a lot of Patriots fans after this tweet went out because they were not happy about it. One catch for nine yards between the two of them, zero touchdowns. To combine this season, their cap hit is about $12.5 million. That's a lot of money for basically no production. And so, you know, this is a situation where if you had some some receivers uh, to maybe take some of the pressure off the tight ends, uh, I like Jacoby Myers, but he's not a one. 
I like Kendrick Bourne. He's had a nice little season. He's not a one. And Nelson Aguilar uh, wasn't available in the first game. I, I think he could play in this game, but he hasn't been the same guy that he was with the downfield uh, passing acumen that Derek Carr had and what that did for Aguilar's game in uh, Las Vegas last season. So with all that said, that to me is where the confidence for the Bills, if all else fails, that's where I feel like the Bills will will control this game in, is in terms of what they can do to Mac Jones. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've already mentioned it before. I grew up in Jacksonville, played at Alabama. Uh, coldest college game was, I think, 30 degrees or in the 30s at kickoff. The last time he played in Buffalo, I know it was the wind gust, but that was set up to be his, his coldest game of his career. And that was still, what, you know, about 30 at kickoff in that game, 20-something. We're talking zero or below zero, and it's going to feel below zero in this game. We don't know what that's going to look like for Mac Jones. Is he going to be able to keep the ball in his hands? Is it going to slip out for him? Is he going to have ball security issues? The accuracy, the throwing the ball, even in those that short intermediate field, which is his bread and butter, there, there's a lot of unknowns here. So uh, I think there is a nervousness. I, I don't think that you can just expect him to come into this game and be like, oh, yeah, I can play in these elements, or, or he's going to be this dynamite quarterback. They need the run game to get going. They need the defense to be a lot better so that they can make Mac Jones a game manager. If the Bills come out and they score some points early, this could you know, snowball quickly on New England. I'm not predicting a blowout by any stretch of the imagination, but there's a lot of questions about Mac Jones. And uh, you know, I said in the article, there's no polls coming up between now and Saturday from Buffalo Media asking if Josh Allen should get benched. There's not going to be any polls in Kansas City about Mahomes. Green Bay, when they play about Rodgers, teams that have franchise quarterbacks know they have a franchise quarterback. Right now, the Patriots don't know what they have in rookie Mac Jones. The Bills, bottom line for me, they have more ways to win. And that's to me, they have more position groups that are playing better football right now. And I think there's really serious questions on that Patriots defense, which was the identity of their team when they were, you know, reeling off those wins as part of a six, seven game win streak there in the middle of the season. Their defense was elite. Matthew Judon has not looked like the same player. Now he came into Buffalo last year as part of the Ravens and really affected that game. He had a really good game. He, I think he had six pressures and a sack. A uh, really good story out of uh, New England. Uh, Matthew Fairburn, we had him on the show last uh, a couple about a month ago, uh, he he put up twenty three thoughts, went into some deep analytical numbers, uh, and one of them was you know Matthew Judon's performance against the Bills last year, and uh, you know the Patriots need that, but even with that last year, it it didn't matter because of what the Bills defense was able to do to neutralize Lamar Jackson, and I feel like Lamar Jackson's an NFL MVP. Mac Jones is a rookie quarterback that's been struggling over the course of the last five weeks. So, you know, that's that's where it is. Before we get to, I want to talk about Shaq Lawson. I know there's been a lot of comments uh, in there, kind of update you on where that situation is. But one thing I did, I put out a tweet uh, this morning. I was I was watching uh, the the Pats game against Miami. For me, the position group that has to play the best for the Bills is the defensive line. And listen, like I think you can make an argument for a bunch of groups. For number two, for me, was the receivers, and it came down to you know making catches, not having any drops. I feel like if the Bills have zero drops in this game, they're going to be in a really good spot to win. But the defensive line, more so because of twofold. Number one, pressuring Mac Jones, which is so important, but maybe even more important, setting the tone physically in the run game. You have Star Latula back available. He didn't play the first time around. 
Afio Obata probably going to play. Vernon Butler probably going to play. Vernon Butler's been playing pretty well the last couple of weeks. They didn't play the first go around. So you have all of your horses up front. You have to play like the defensive line has played the last four weeks, 19 sacks. Great stat in here uh, from one of our uh, our viewers over on YouTube. In the last four games, I know a lot of it's been against lesser opponents. But you got to affect the game. You got to put pressure. You got to hit Mac Jones. You got to you got to make him feel un- uncomfortable, which is probably to lead to mistakes. Yeah, I, I think that's a great choice. I think that is the top choice. If I were to pick one, I might even go linebacker. They need to uh, be physical up front. You know, help support that defensive line when when it's Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson or Brandon Bolden running the ball. They need to be good in that area. And then you know, Edmonds has to do what he does best and clog up the middle of the field. So the Hunter Henrys and the Janu Smiths don't get those big plays and big catches in the passing game because we know that Mac Jones is not a guy that traditionally slings it downfield. I don't think that this is the game where you're going to start seeing that either based on the conditions. Maybe he'll prove me wrong on that. Uh, but clog up the middle of that field, make life difficult for uh, Jones and that Patriots offense and get them off the field and, and then let the offense do their thing. Obviously, Josh Allen being the most important player overall in this game. But since we said position group, I didn't just want to pick up one specific player. Let's uh, get into the Shaq Lawson situation where we're at. Uh, train wreck sports today uh, with a little scoopage. Um, we'll see where it kind of plays out, how it lands. Uh, they reported that uh, there has been an agreement between Shaq Lawson and the Bills uh, on a deal uh, pending you know, COVID tests and uh, physical and, and so on and so forth. Uh, I have it from a league source, as I can kind of corroborate Sal uh, Capaccio's report, that uh, there is no deal in place as of two hours ago. Uh, but who knows? There could be conversations ongoing. Uh, I've been trying to track it, to be honest with you, Ryan, all day today, and nobody's getting back to me. So I I have a feeling that maybe if something is happening, it's kind of playing out right now. But as of right now, there's been no announcement. Uh, Shaq has not signed today. But listen, Shaq Lawson... This makes tons of sense, Ryan. The, adding him to the practice squad not only gives you valuable depth, a la a Devonta Freeman or Kenny Stills last year, like the, the Bills put them on the practice squad, just in case you need them. There was almost a point, uh, I can't remember if it was in the playoffs, it might have been the playoffs where Devonta Freeman almost played, and uh, what, right? Stills, was too. Stills. Stills. Okay. Uh, because when Gabriel Davis had that ankle injury, he didn't practice all week. He was a true game-time decision, and then the Bills decided to Roll with Davis in that championship game, and he was right. ineffective, and they probably should have gone with Stills. So, no, you're 100% correct. Really smart uh, in terms of if the Bills do this. You know, I, I talked to a few people, and they said there's mutual interest. And I, I, I was at work today, and I, I get out of work, and I check my Twitter, and I have all these. I'm tagged in, on that Trainwreck Sports t- uh, article quite a few times. Is it true, this, that, or the other? Listen, they were all over the Freeman news. They, they've broken other stories before. Uh, big, res- you know, good respect for those guys. We have a lot of mm-hmm. fun with them when, when we've chatted with them, done their shows, things like that. So uh, you, you tend to like maybe they have something that we haven't been told yet. But, yeah, mutual interest. And, and based on what Sean McDermott said today, um, you know, high Shaq's always been high up on his list of players. Uh, the, the fact that um, Mookie Hawkins said that Shaq never wanted to leave. And there's truth to that. It's just the money factor. Uh, he was getting offered a lot more from Miami than he was Buffalo. And, you know, you'd be crazy to turn down $10 million on average per year compared to whatever Buffalo was offering at that time. So, you know, th- there's interest there. And what's funny is what I've learned over the time covering the NFL is if there's silence when you're reaching out to people, that's actually usually a good sign that maybe something is happening because right. they, they, 
they're working on something. So uh, sometimes things get shot down pretty quickly otherwise. So, you know, we'll wait and see. Lawson, though, on the practice squad would make so much sense for this team. You you brought up some great points in your article earlier this week. He'd bring something to the practices throughout the week. He'd, he'd really amp up a lot of his former teammates. He may not play on Saturday just because even though he knows the system, you have a lot of guys, but you're one injury away from needing someone like that. And, you know, we know that he may not be a dynamic pass rusher, but he is so good at stopping the run that he could be an asset for this team in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you look past this week, too, and, you know, maybe he's not ready to come in here and play right away. But, you know, a game against Kansas City where, you know, if if A.J. Epinesa and Boogie Basham aren't the answer and you need another guy for the rotation, you know what you're getting out of Shaq Lawson. You got a really dependable uh, run defender who can get get pressure at time. He had three tackles for a loss in a game against New England earlier this season for the Jets. So, yeah, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I asked Jordan Poyer about it today, and he kind of, I feel like he almost wanted to kind of get into some thoughts on, you know, the Jets cutting him and how crazy that is. But he kind of just held it in respect to, to, to Jordan Poyer. He, you know, they got a game to play. He doesn't want to do anything that's going to create a direct distraction. But he basically said he's a great energy guy. And Poyer actually was like two stalls down from Shaq when he was here. And that was the last year that we were actually in the locker room. Cause then obviously COVID in 2020, we haven't been back in since. And, you know, he had a front row seat to what Shaq meant in that room. And, you know, he said today, great energy guy. Uh, he'll go out there and just go crazy on the field. Definitely missed him when he left. Uh, a team will get extremely good player and a great teammate if they get him. Also, Ryan, there's really not anybody that I know like Stefan Diggs has come in here, loved Bills Mafia. Josh Allen has loved Bills Mafia. The relationship, it's a love affair between Bills Mafia and, and Josh Allen. But with Shaq, I feel like I don't think any other player has been as good of a candidate as Shaq Lawson to be Bills Mafia's spirit animal. I feel like if if Bills Mafia was gonna be like a player on the field on Sundays, Shaq Lawson's the closest thing that there's ever been. Every, he just exudes swag and energy and fun and he brings happiness to people and i feel like bill's mafia everything you can say about them there are so many fun little descriptions they bring fun to to everybody everybody knows who bill's mafia is and they talk about him all the time yeah and again the energy level think about some of the moments that he's had and, and how he's hyped up the fans thanksgiving game when the bills were beating the cowboys a few years ago they panned to him and jordan phillips and they're both mocking uh, Ezekiel Elliott with the feed me thing toward the end of that game. There was a game against the Broncos where one of the offensive linemen whose name escapes me right now said he had never really heard of Shaq Lawson. And I think mm-hmm. Lawson may have had two sacks in that game where he had two big plays in that game. And post game, he went, he made a beeline for that guy. So you're right. He is a lot like the Bills Mafia. You know, they're going to go and let you know if, if you're wrong about something. He brings that, that uh, energy. He brings that spirit. So. Definitely someone that the fan base liked. They were sad to see go. Obviously, though, in today's NFL with free agency and money, it's it's hard to keep everyone. But this looks like one of those scenarios where maybe he will end up coming back. Uh, time will tell. Yeah, and uh, uh, Danger, Mike Danger on uh, uh, Rochester Radio today, he brought up a good point, um, asked me about it. I think this could be a situation where you get Shaq back in the building. You can get him back on a pretty – uh, affordable deal next year. And maybe he's your replacement for Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes, or both uh, somebody that, you know, I think uh, 
isn't always what you was were hoping for, like you mentioned, as a pass rusher, but really well-rounded defensive end. And I don't think that limits you from going out there and going after somebody else too. But you know, we'll, we'll track the Shaq story throughout the week. Uh, even if he does get signed, I, I have a feeling they've already put in the plan for New England, and I, I'd I'd be uh, surprised if it was a situation where they can get him back before that. Uh, and and who knows? They could sign him to the practice squad, Ryan, and that could be it. We we will never see him, and uh, he'll just be a, a, a just in case situation if if they stay healthy and go with the guys that they've had all season. Yeah, absolutely. But again, d- during that time on the practice squad, you're going to get a good feel for. Uh, what he brings to this team, the chemistry, the makeup. There's a lot of younger guys that weren't on this team when he was here the last time. Is, is he an asset to them in terms of helping them out? If so, he's exactly the kind of guy you wouldn't mind bringing in to replace one of those veterans at defensive end. Uh, he's not a guy that you would have to worry about uh, making an active one week next year, and then we're getting ahead of ourselves here, if that is the case, because you want to play your, your young guys. They're, they're playing hotter right now, but it's always good to have one or two veterans on this roster, and with Hughes and Addison both, in the final year of their deal, having a guy like Lawson who could be waiting the wings on a team-friendly deal makes some sense. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it. We'll be back on Thursday night, as I mentioned, with Jeremy White uh, from WGR 550. If you're hosting a large party, check out Topps' huge selection uh, of party platters for a delicious, effortless, and affordable, no-stress way to impress. For complete details, visit stop by their carryout cafe and visit topsmarkets.com slash fantasyfoodball. Final thought, Ryan Talbot. Final thought, just really excited to get into this game more, uh, break things down with Jeremy on Thursday, talk about how things have changed from when he started covering this team to now. It's playoff football week, Bills Mafia. Stick with us, NYUP, uh, Syracuse.com. Check out our stuff there. Check out our stuff on YouTube and all your favorite podcast platforms. Do we introduce the Mafia to Chris Baker on Saturday? Uh, I think he's coming up to cover the show. Our new editor, I know you guys all met Steve Karlick. Uh, I think we gotta get, we gotta get Chris Baker uh, on the show. I think, uh, on Saturday, if he sticks around for that, uh, we'll see. You know, we go, we go late. We go real late. I gotta, I gotta see his plans. Uh, I don't wanna, I don't wanna put the cart before the horse here. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe as well before you get out of here. We'll be back Thursday, 8 p.m. special time. Uh, we're gonna go a little bit later. I got a, a channel four, uh, uh, preview show that I gotta do beforehand, uh, till 7.30. Come home. We'll do the show here. Have a good one, everyone. See you then. Out, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.